Tonight she would pray for Julia. Yoko washed and dried her cup before she replaced it in the cabinet over the sink. She was on her way to her prayer rug when her doorbell rang. She knew it wasn't Harry because he was out of town. She never had visitors. She padded over to the door and opened it. Alexis! Yep, it's me. Can I stay here with you tonight? I even brought dinner, she said, holding up a bag. Sushi for you. The Weather Channel said the roads were going to flood tonight, so I thought I'd come here and tomorrow we can go to McLean together. We can have a hen party. Yoko frowned as she looked over Alexis's shoulders into the dark night. You brought chickens? Alexis burst out laughing as she hugged her friend. Hens as in female. We're females. Chicks. At Yoko's puzzled look, she said, You know, girls. You're a girl. I'm a girl. Ergo hen party? Never mind. Come, come, Yoko said as she closed and locked the door. I am grateful for the company. I was sitting here thinking about tomorrow. You knew that, didn't you? Alexis nodded. When it was my turn, I was so wired up I thought I was going to explode. It's been a long year, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I was thinking about that, too. Giles didn't really say much about that business he had to take care of. None of the others seemed to know what that business was or is. I guess he took care of it. It is strange that his business came up just as we accepted a new member to the sisterhood, Yoko said as she started to set the table and lay out napkins. I think Charles's business had something to do with Anna de Silva, indirectly. I think it has something to do with us, too. It's just a feeling I have. Have you given any thought to what's going to happen when your mission is over? Yoko looked at the pretty woman sitting across from her. Alexis's dark skin and even darker eyes made her look mysterious. Actually, I was thinking about that earlier. I have no idea what's going to happen. Myra invested so much money in the technology Charles uses to keep us operational. Then there's Anna de Silva's billions— Maybe they would tell us what's going on when we meet tomorrow. I do like Anna. Do you? Alexis bit down on her lower lip. I do like her. She isn't Julia, though. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel when she takes her place at the table in Julia's chair. Exuberance rang in her voice when she said, I missed you, girl. Yoko giggled. <laughs> I miss you, too. That stuff, she said, pointing to the bag of cheeseburgers. We'll kill you. And that seaweed and raw fish isn't going to kill you. So how are things going with Harry? Yoko giggled again. <laughs> Very well. No, better than well. He loves me and wants to marry me. I said no. Are you seeing anyone? Alexis ignored the question. You said no. Why? Yoko burst out laughing. Because he is afraid of me. I like the feeling that gives me. No one has ever been afraid of me. It is a delicious feeling. Catherine says I have to be in control. I, I am in control. That may change one of these days. In my culture, it is not a good thing when a woman can best a man, especially in martial arts. Alexis leaned across the table. Listen to me, little buckaroo. Here in America, the name of the game is you allow the man to win. Key word here is allow. After you snag him, then you let him know who's boss. Do you get it? Yoko grimaced. 
That's cheating. Uh-huh. Both women went off into peals of laughter. I met this guy when I was filling my gas tank, Alexis said. He was at the pump next to me, and we struck up a conversation. He said his sister has a Mini Cooper, too. I gave him my phone number. He was a hunk. He said he plays football for the Redskins. Did I say he was a hunk? He's a tight end. At Yoko's amused expression, she said, Don't even go there. Both women went off into peals of laughter again. Dinner over, the kitchen tidied up. They retired to Yoko's small sitting room with cups of tea. Do you want to talk about it, Yoko? Alexis asked softly. No. Tomorrow will be soon enough. It hurts my heart to talk about it. I am very worried about my vengeance. The man involved is very powerful, a public figure. I fear Charles may say it is not possible. If that happens, what will I do? Alexis scoffed. And do you think taking on one of the biggest HMOs in the country wasn't heavy duty? Don't forget the vice presidential candidate and that guy who was a national security advisor. Then there was that little trip to China and the diplomat's nephew. Or was it his son? Whatever. That was pretty high profile, and yet we pulled it off. I can't imagine who your public figure is, but whoever he is, he's no match for the sisterhood. You can take that to the bank, kiddo. Yoko blinked back tears. Would you like to see a picture of my mother? Yes, I would, Yoko. Yoko got up and ran to her prayer room to return with a small picture in an oval frame. She held it close to her heart for a moment before she handed it to Alexis. She's very beautiful. You look a bit like her. How old was she in this photograph? She was very young, only fifteen when she was brought to this country. I was born when she was seventeen. The man who fathered me threw me out with the trash. My mother died a painful death a month later. My aunts saved me and spirited me away to more aunts. Not blood relatives, you understand. Just young women who were in the same position my mother was in. Alexis thought she understood. She slipped off her pile of cushions to gather Yoko into her arms. Don't you worry, Yoko. We'll take care of that powerful man who threw you away. We'll make him regret what he did. We'll make sure the bastard rues the day he was born. You can take that one to the bank, too. Yoko cried as she'd never cried before. All Alexis could do was stroke her silky black hair and pat her shoulder. From time to time she mouthed soothing words until Yoko fell asleep in her arms. Alexis carried her to the mat she slept on in the small bedroom, stunned at how feather-light the little woman was. She gently lowered her to the mat and covered her with a light blanket. The last thing she did before she left her room was to place the picture of Yoko's mother next to her. 1. Myra Rutledge fussed with her gray hair with one hand, while her other hand fiddled with the pearls she was never without, a sign that she was worried about something. She looked across the kitchen to where Charles was basting a turkey. Do you think it's an omen of some kind, dear? Charles Martin looked up from the golden-brown bird and smiled at the love of his life. Why would you say something like that, Myra? Myra continued to finger the pearls at her neck. She walked over to the kitchen door to stare outside. She flipped the light switch to light up the courtyard. 
Rain was coming down in torrents. Maybe it was sleet. She couldn't be sure. I can give you a hundred and ten reasons why, my dear. Charles closed the oven door. One will suffice. The weather, the conditions are identical to those. The first time the girls came out here. Remember how Catherine drove her eighteen-wheeler through the gates? The power went out and we had to use candles. The girl slid down the banister that night. I caught Catherine when she whooped her way to the bottom. I think this is an omen of some kind. I really do, Charles. Charles peeked into a pot bubbling on the stove. That's it. The weather. Myra continued to peer outside. Her response was almost a whisper. The weather and the fact that this is our last mission. We have so many decisions to make tonight. Are we going to simply walk off into the night? Are we going to continue with the sisterhood? It's come to an end so quickly. What will we do with ourselves if the girls want to, to, you know, stop? I don't think that's going to happen, Myra. The sisterhood has become a way of life for all of us. There are thousands of people out there who can use our help. Just because Yoko's mission is our last doesn't mean we're going to close up shop. It just means our members have been vindicated, and that includes you, Myra. Now, is there something else bothering you? Myra turned away from the window and walked over to the man she loved with all her heart, and the man who made the sisterhood hum like a well-oiled machine. She stepped into his arms and laid her head on his shoulder. You can't fool me for a minute, Charles. I know you too well. You